0: My coffee talk guest today is no stranger to the listeners here at six forty Toronto. Adrian Batra is a journalist, the editor in chief of the Toronto Sun, and former director of communications for the late Mayor Rob Ford. Welcome, Adrian. Are you there, Adrian? It's great to be with you. <laughs> it's good to have you here. Uh, so, as I was doing some research, and again, thanks for being back. You were with us last week as you know the bombshell. <laughs> fell on our our, on our great city of toronto but as i was uh doing some research getting to know you a little bit bit better adrian you grew up in saskatchewan
1: i am a prairie girl absolutely i grew up in saskatchewan born and raised in saskatchewan moved out to uh ontario many many eternities ago to go to university but um moved moved to toronto uh, in in the late 2000s, in 2008, actually came here for for my husband's job. But you know, you have to for, for any of your listeners that are are from the, from out west, you know, we're kind of raised to really dislike Toronto. So it's <laughs> it's it's honestly the last place I ever thought I'd be living, but but here I am, and now it's 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 been home for for a very long time, and and I and I'm very happy to be here.
0: Is it true that you served in the armed forces? It is absolutely true. I served
1: in the armed forces after uh, high school, right before university started. I joined the the reserves. I joined the Canadian Armed Forces uh, uh, reserves. I did my basic training uh, out in Dunder and Saskatchewan, and then I came to Ontario. And my because I was at Queens, and my so my home base was at uh, was in Kingston. Wow, what and that I did like? all, all, all. It was extraordinary. Wow. It was it was the most. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was the most extraordinary thing I've ever done and the most rewarding. And I, uh, to this day, am still, you know, in, in involved with, uh, di- you know, different regiments um, across uh, across the country, uh, just to various sort of civilian capacities, but certainly highly engaged with the military. Um, I follow the stories. I, I see the ups. I see the downs. Um, and it is, uh, you know, one of the most important institutions that I've ever had the, the, the pleasure of being part of. And I learned so much. And to this day, Maggie, lifelong friends, because yeah. when you literally go through the trenches together, you, you, you have a, a lifelong bond that, uh, is, is unwavering. So it was, it was an extraordinary time.
0: Over the years with the, you know, the headlines about culture, the culture of the armed forces being kind of under scrutiny, especially for women in the armed forces, what what mm-hmm. have been kind of your experiences being uh, a woman that served? So I
1: often, I, uh, you know, I see the, the papers, I see the reports, I see, uh, you know, and I read them and I comment on them, I've written about them. I, I, there's always something that sticks out to me is that the the culture that they're talking about in, you know, say the last decade, 15 years or yeah. so, you know, I, I, it's unrecognizable to me. I, you know, it's, I say to my, I think to myself, this is not an armed forces that I was part of. I didn't have this kind of experience. Now, that's not to say that um, that doesn't diminish any of the uh, the realities of what goes on in in in, the, in an organization like us or any other sort of paramilitary organization, be it the RCMP or OPP. I I find that the the military has the same trappings as large civilian organizations. There are going to be uh, challenges, and there are going to be bad people, and they need to be rooted out and dealt with. What I do find is that um, for a lot of the women that I either served with and they're still are serving or have gone through, you know, basic training or officers training. I heard from a lot of, uh, from them and, and they, they will say the same thing. You know, this is just a small group. Um, it's being dealt with. I, I think that organizations such as the military are, are slower to adapt to the realities of the new world and and contemporary times, um, but but it's not for lack of wanting to. And I think that there's a big distinction between between you know when you say that there is there's there's a fundamental problem with at the core of an organization versus um, you know a few bad situations that have uh, that have spread and, and make things worse. The military, I know you know, really wants to make those changes, root out those problems and, and, and adapt, you know, it's the military saying, adapt and overcome. And, uh, and I, I am, I'm quite confident that we will, uh, we will see more positive outcomes than what we have in the past.
0: All right. Can we talk about the Rob Ford years? <laughs> just a little. Well, you know, I I could just
1: tell you, Maggie. One thing, it was never dull. <laughs> but yes, of course. <laughs> how
0: did how did you end up in communications and end up working for Rob Ford? How did that come come about?
1: Okay so it's a, it's, a, it's a wild story. yeah. So uh, when I was living in Manitoba before I moved to Toronto, I was working for uh, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation um, and I was the Manitoba director and there was a there was a, a, a young um, political operative out there who I had done some campaigning with and we were highly, highly successful on pretty much every single campaign that we that we worked on together and he was coming to Toronto. To do to be the operations director on the Rob Ford premier campaign. Now going back all those years, so this is two thousand. This is the beginning of two thousand and ten. My son was not even a year old at this point. Like Aiden was, he was nine months old, and and I wasn't even entertaining the idea of even getting back to work or doing anything. So 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 Michael was coming to Toronto, and he's like, look. I'm joining this campaign. They need a comms director, and and you're the only person that can do it. And I was familiar with Rob Ford. I mean, every every person across Canada that you know followed politics knew about Rob Ford. You know, the 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 stop the gravy train guy, the cutting up the credit cards guy, the guy that was you know punished by the integrity commissioner because he spent zero dollars on his office budget. Like these stories are legendary yeah. about Rob Ford. So you know, I certainly who has, and and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I I don't know the child is it's like you know he's he's barely a year I am not I'm not quite sure but I do miss sort of being out there and being doing the the political thing and and so what I did was I I went out and met with uh, Doug and Rob um, I never hadn't met them face to face but I went out to Scarborough and and you have to realize like I I was pretty new to Toronto still I was like oh my god I, I don't think I've ever been out to Scarborough <laughs> and you know let alone a new mom I didn't have like business clothes and i you know i I have yoga pants and stretchy clothes (laughs) you know you know so so i cobbled together something presentable and then and i go out to scarborough and i walked into this um event it was one of his launch events and and i think it was around april or may of of 2010 and i looked around the room maggie and i just thought my god for for a guy that's a conservative you know there's no question you know a small c conservative Mm -hmm. I'd never seen the, a group like that in my life. There was old, there was young, there was white, there was black, there was brown, there was every color out of the, uh, you know, every diverse background that you can imagine was all screaming and chanting and yelling for this man who, by all accounts, was you know, not himself, He you know, some sort of polished politician or, or anything like that. And I just thought there was a, I just like, I really wanted to be a part of that. And like, this is exciting. This is thrilling. And frankly, you know, Rob's message, which your listeners grew, you know, have had listened to way before he even ran for mayor. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they were very familiar with him. He's very much, um, you know, a populist guy who talked to the people directly, returned phone calls, showed up at their door with staff fixed, Fix their bottles when when other people were ignoring them. He really built up this momentum over you know ten years of being a counselor before he ran for mayor. But so I I joined the campaign li- literally right then and there. I think I wrote my first press release that night and wow. I came home and I and I just joined it. And I was so excited and and as things went on, I mean the 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 election itself, as you know, was was tumultuous to say the mm-hmm. least. But I remember that day in October, and we knew within eight eight minutes. Or eight or nine minutes that Rob was mayor. And I remember we were we had all the cameras are down there in, in Mrs. Ford's basement and while we were watching the results. And I remember looking at Rob and mouthing an expletive saying, Holy ass, yeah. you're mayor. <laughs> and it was just, it was the most exciting and thrilling. Uh, you know, for any political staffer that has done any type of job the, the, with the Fords, there's no playbook, right? So you sort of throw that out the window. Mm-hmm. But it was the most exciting um, election I'd ever had the pleasure of being on. And then I went on to serve in the mayor's office for for one year, um, and and after I I, ha- I you know did my did my service there, I I
0: moved on to the Toronto Sun. You know, I think about you were so right and I thank you for the reminder of the fact that so many people resonated with Rob Ford and the stop the gravy train and the fact that he was very proactive in getting to you know the heart of an issue in the city but that's not his legacy does that does that bother you have, having worked with him that you know what people remember is you know all of the chaos all of the scandal
1: yeah i i think it- part of that is frustrating because in that term in that first term where he served he actually did some pretty extraordinary things um like i when in, in the year that i was there you know we we got the budget sorted out we aligned it so it was you know we tried to fix some of the structural deficits that were all you know forever ongoing with the city you know he stopped the vehicle registration tax he had Reduced city spending in certain areas that you know were non-priority areas, to to be sure, and and so he did a lot of good for this city, which, frankly, other mayors have been able to benefit from, including you know now former Mayor John Tory, to, was able to benefit from certain budget-related measures that were taken under the Rob Ford mayoralty. But I think you know there, uh, Maggie, I think there's a lot of people that regardless of the personal feelings i'm not going to gloss over rob ford's own own you know personal challenges that uh, that's a reality it was laid to bear for for the world to see frankly which was sad Mm -hmm. um i i do maintain that had he not been not gotten ill and and carried on throughout the campaign i i think that uh there's a very good chance that he would have won that second term in spite of everything like you you, you just look at when when rob and doug did the swap during the Mm mid-campaign and and doug ended up being on the ballot in 2014 you know look at how close he came um rob had a had a a way about him that i think citizens of the city were prepared to forgive and forget a lot of his personal mishaps because they think to themselves interestingly in the parallel right now with mayor tory is that a lot of what Rob did didn't affect. Look, my roads are clean. My garbage is taken away. My pothole is fixed. And frankly, I'm my taxes are not going through the roof. So I don't give a you know what what Rob Ford does in this personal time. You know, he's running, you know, he's the thing, the things that I need done by the city are are working. Um, So so that's an interesting sort of parallel that we see happening right now. I think ultimately um, history has already sort of shifted a bit in terms of the Rob Ford legacy. Yes, there is the turmoil. Yes, there is the uh, the craziness. But there is still uh, a belief amongst citizens and councillors that that were aligned with Rob Ford. Um, he did a lot of good for the city, and and you know, hopefully over time, that's what people ultimately remember.
0: So, with that being said, Adrian, uh, you know, with John Tory resigning um and leaving mm-hmm. office on friday could he have uh, could he have survived um just all that had been happening should he have stayed on you know that's a, it's a question
1: i've been contemplating pretty much since this all upend you know this the city was upended last week i i think in this ch- challenging time with the with the council the 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 makeup of the council how it is the smaller council i think john tory would have had a very very hard time getting any type of his agenda through i think the left on council would have who are very strong very vocal and very organized would have stymied him at every turn i don't know if he would have been able to get um consistently get 13 14 votes in order to get his agenda through i don't know if he would have um been able to uh, get support that he would have perhaps in the past. I don't know if he would have been able to negotiate um, like he would have been able to in the past. Do I think that I think that we as a society we're not so puritanical that you know, affairs happen, marriages end, things do go sideways like that, that happens. A lot of the sense you get is it's the mayor's personal life, I don't give a you know what, what's going on in his personal life. Where things falter for John Tory was that it was a staff member a staff Mm -hmm. member who was uh in his office that was going on um you know because of her the role that she was playing in in the mayor's office you know she was going on trips with him and 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 so you you really lose a lot of credibility and and you question the judgment and and I think that's where that's where John Tory uh you know there there's a lot of challenges for him and plus i just go back to you know who he is i've known john for a very very long time he's someone whom i uh, i trusted implicitly when i worked in the office of the mayor he was a great advisor a great counselor to to me and to many of my colleagues he's a bit of old school you know in terms of you take something goes wrong you take accountability you take responsibility and you 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 take the actions uh, you take the the punishment for the for the crime as it were you know I wish a lot of other politicians at other levels of government were th- were in the uh, of the same mindset yeah. you know we'd have a lot more accountability in government at all levels but I, I'm I I know that uh, John um, really did what the best he could for the city he did what he thought was right ultimately by by re- by, by resigning. Um, and not not that he's going to do it but if when the by election comes i bet if he ran and uh, he would win and not that again not that he's going to do it but i just think that there was a mentality in the city that he shouldn't you know this is this is a, a personal issue um, but uh,
0: but here's where we find ourselves and and we'll, we'll, let's see what come what may in terms of the candidates that line up to replace him adrian i have less than a minute left but i have to ask you this question did it did it surprise you at how many councillors you know, I have a clip of Francis Nunziata that I can't run right now. Um, didn't really see this as an issue that John Tory was in a relationship with a staffer. They didn't really see this as a big deal.
1: Did that surprise you? Yeah, it got it did. Actually,
0: it did. It, it actually
1: surprised me. And and some of the counselors that came out in support and said, oh, this is no big deal. I was like, well, hang on a second. You've been around those hallowed halls for, for in some cases, some of those counselors have been there for decades. Right. It's never appropriate to have a relationship with a staff member. And let alone the power dynamic and and all that stuff aside, it's just it's just not something you do, especially when you're the mayor. And and like it or not, you are held to a higher standard. Um, I I think that you know uh, what wh- I I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they were so sort of dismissive of it versus they know what the dynamic is like on council and they are concerned about. You know the left, mm. and 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 on you know policies that might come forward without a John Tory as mayor. So I think it was more um, they were pushing in in that regard. Maybe maybe it was not articulated the way that it was it should have been. But I I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not surprised by the, the 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 names that came out in support of John Tory. I am a little bit I was a bit taken aback by sort of the rationale behind why yeah <laughs> you know I think like like most people yeah for sure